Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you joining us for the next three hours. Feel free to send your thoughts and comments on the Garage Door Guru text line. The number to text is 704-570-9610. Oftentimes in the fishbowl, especially when our guy Eric comes down there, we'll have a whole bunch of different conversations and all of them are just across the bar, right? Like you're going with favorite cartoons. We discussed that. We had a hot sauce on pizza discussion, favorite condiments that we put on pizza. We talked about James Bond movies. We talked about a ton of different stuff. And so it's overwhelming because I don't know what to lead off the show with. Oftentimes I like to do the whole send it to the listeners thing and then see what input they have with some of the fun stuff we talk about. But Wes, I think the number one thing we need to take care of today is you getting on board with the James Bond classics because you got mad at me a long time ago, very early on in the Wes and Walker stages <laughs> for seeing for, for being like, eh, action movies are, oh, they're okay. But you haven't seen any James Bond movie, not one. I have not. With I, you loving action movies. Yeah, no doubt, man. And I really wanted to see No Time to Die. I know it was a big deal when we came out of the pandemic that – uh, that was coming out. It had been pushed back and all that. And I wanted to see it, and I just didn't get around to it. I don't know why it doesn't grab me. I feel like that, and I did put it on my to-do list after our conversation. I'm going to watch a couple. I think I'll start with, because uh, I, I want to do the Daniel Craig ones. And I'm going to go through those. He was very good, in I'm going to go through those. And I may even end up, if I like them enough, go back to the old ones with Sean Connery, because that was my guy. So you are really going back. You you are starting with Daniel Craig, and then you're going back, like, what, 30, 40 years yeah, in the man. past. Yeah, I might have to taking care that, of the OGs. He, he is iconic. I do respect the franchise. I just need to... Um, I need to I need to delve into it because Mission Impossible, I was like that with Mission Impossible. It didn't grab me much. And I forgot how I ended up seeing the first. I think as a team at Wake, because when we would go to the movies on Fridays, I think we went to see a Mission Impossible. Mm -hmm. And then that's what got me into the franchise. Well, what I appreciate about, uh, appreciate about you is that you are really taking this like a homework assignment. Yeah, man. Because we started to talk about it, and then we were having fun, loud noises, yada, yada. You're like, no, okay, no, I'll take, uh, man, I need to figure out if I need to start with this one. Okay, cool. Like, yeah. you really started to take some notes. Yeah. You're taking this very seriously. I'm kind of like that, man. I, I was, I've been <laughs> like that with, uh, with, with rap, man. Like, when I went to college and different things like that, I wanted that's to true. go back and listen to albums from before, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my era to, to get that foundation. So, you know, especially if something, I know they're good. That's the thing about it. I just don't know what the reason is I haven't watched them because I know they're going to be great. So, and so I just, the, the question I have for the text and line, they always have beautiful women as well. Well, I mean, that's the thing. This is what James Bond does. He yeah. fights crime and then he Smooth. 72. talks to beautiful women, but I need people to text in 704-570-9610. What movie should he start off with? Does he just start in chronological order? Because we all know there's a million of them. <laughs> so do you just go all the way back to number one or can you start with some Daniel Craig ones? You know, 
there's I don't think there's anybody that's going to put in yeah go straight to Pierce Brosnan first. I don't think that's going to happen, but we need people to text And there's in. been a couple that I've kind of like stopped when they're on TV. I'll stop and watch it for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you just get off of it. All right. So that's that's the question to everybody. We also, <laughs> 704 number, writing in a movie that we really can't say on air. But let's, <laughs> let's talk a little bit um, more about Cam Newton instead and talk about how he is actually going to participate at Auburn's Pro Day. And you can give us your thoughts on that conversation piece as well let's do it by getting off of the bus let's stop at auburn first here fitty let us off man open the doors we look good getting off the bus i got something to say Cam Newton is the one that told you. There was no reporting on what was going to happen. It was Cam Newton. Sources were telling him because he was telling himself and then relaying that to the media that he was going to participate at Auburn's Pro Day. Here it is from Cam Newton himself telling you about the news. Tell me how these randoms keep getting jobs. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm going to say, I can't wait to say oh, I love you. I'm seeing a lot of people trolling the idea and it's official. I will be throwing at Auburn's Pro Day Tuesday. Ain't 32 better than me, you did. <laughs> this is what Cam does, though, lately. Well, I mean, really, not even lately. Throughout his career, he will reveal some stuff via social media. Are you cool with the way that he released it to the world there, Wes? Like, you, this is what you had with some of the thoughts that you wrote down in the rundown on what are our thoughts, the way that he released this news. Did you have any thoughts on it? Uh, I've always liked Cam, uh, you know what I'm saying, and except when he was playing against my team. Well, no, I'm capping because I would cheer for you guys to lose all the time with Cam, but because uh, it would be funny because Cam would stick his foot in his mouth all the time with things. Who could forget the infamous "I'm back" after the Arizona game, and he proceeded to be awful after that. This is what Cam does, and as much as I respect what he's brought to this city and respect the MVP season and respect some of the great. Uh, seasons that he's had here, it's like, Cam, baby, you got to have a little bit of self-awareness for what's going on. The last time we saw you playing ball, you didn't look great. And now you're coming out being boastful and, and you better go out and put on a supreme show at Auburn's Pro Day uh, for you to come out and be, you know, this braggadocious about what you're going to do because it's like, are there 32 MFs better than him? They're starting in the NFL. I mean, based off what we saw from Cam the last time, no. Like, no, it's just not. Now, is he good enough to be a backup in the NFL? I say yes. For I sure. would say I, that. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that as well. I say that. By the way, thanks to Pfeiffer12 who wrote in, Cam is so smooth, maybe he should be the next 007. I did not <laughs> have a good transition. Thank you, Pfeiffer12, for doing my job for me. You did it better than me, and we appreciate you for that. And then we have TC writing in. What I expected to get on the text line as soon as we started talking about it, give Cam a chance to compete in training camp when Carolina is already moving up to number one overall. Look. Yeah, I, nah, this is... I didn't, no, I didn't think 
Carolina should bring back Cam Newton last year with all of the QBs that they had, let alone number one overall selection, having him be the guy that needs to see the field pretty soon, even with Andy Dalton on the roster, which we all agree is a pretty good backup quarterback option. And you paid him, you chose him over Sam Darnold, all fine. We all like that move as long as he's a backup QB. So if you bring in Cam Newton after giving Andy Dalton the contract, after trading up to the number one overall selection, are you really going to carry three QBs where Cam is going to be the third stringer? You don't want that. Like, I know Panthers fans see Cam and they immediately feel that he looks best in a Panthers uniform. I think those days are behind him as far as him looking best in a Panthers uniform. I agree, Wes. I think he's good enough to be in the NFL. I don't know if he's going to be a starter because even if we can all agree that he is probably a top 32 NFL quarterback, We have to understand context in these situations where rookies are going to be coming in, where you're going to have Cam Newton as a guy where you sign him. He's going to win win right now. Like he's telling you 32 because he feels he's a starter. How many NFL teams are going to try to bring him on as a starter, given the QBs they have on their roster right now? I just don't feel like that is going to happen. I do love that Cam is talking this way, though, um, and revealing what his thoughts are on social media. In fact, Fiddy, the dynamic producer that you are, what I would love to do is take the first part of that soundbite and play it when we talk about another opinion from maybe Colin Cowherd, right? Like, if you can go back to the Cam Newton thing and then stop it when I give you the sign, I wanted to play the first part of this Cam soundbite again. So go to Cam Newton in this first little bite I want to save. Play it. Tell me how these randoms keep getting shot. All right, that's it. That's what I wanted. That's, I, when Colin Cowherd gives you the Michael Jordan opinion, I want Cam Newton that soundbite to oh, yeah, I like us. That. See, that, that that makes a lot of sense, but that's how he's feeling. And so, no, I don't think it would make a lot of sense with him coming back to Carolina. And, it, I mean, I feel like, I feel like we have to have these combos because the fans want to hear it. But at the same time, man, fans don't want this. Right, like I, some You'd be surprised, but but they don't though, and I know what you're saying. They they think they do, right? They think they want this. exactly. But they do you want do. Cam Newton being the third string or even the backup with Carolina because you traded for the number one overall pick? They don't really want this when you stop and think about it for three minutes. All I'm gonna say is, man, I was on the air when he came back, like the show that I was producing at the time. We were on the air. That was the most fun show I've ever been a part of in my life because the excitement, the energy that he brings to the city you could sell me on 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 signing him if if their plan is to draft anthony richardson because can andy dalton relate to it to anthony richardson i don't think so but cam newton could so i think that's going to be the thing where even if the panthers would even be interested in this you can't do it until after the draft because because i think if you were to sign him today you're tipping your hand to who you're taking number one overall next month. Well, and even so, even with the mentor aspect of Cam, which I'm glad you actually bring up, Fiddy, because not enough people talk about that. One thing I will respect Matt Rule for is how much he went to bat for Cam Newton discussing how fantastic he was as a teammate, right? A lot of bat Matt Rule did here in Carolina. Deservedly, given the job he did, got fired. But I do respect Matt Rule for dispelling any narrative that Cam Newton was a problem in the locker room all he did every time he spoke about cam was how great he was as a teammate how all he was is about winning and cam even backed that up when he would speak to the media so that aspect could be there i do think that moving on to a different era matters in sports sometimes and with cam twice now coming back 
we had to do the goodbye two times. Do we really want to do a goodbye with Cam Newton a third straight time with the really good possibility of it not ending all that well? No, I don't want to have a third straight goodbye with one Cam Newton. Yeah, I mean, if he comes back, Carolina should not be the place. You can't, I can't think of many players that signed with a franchise three different times. Uh, so, no, I, I would say no, but I mean, I'm just sitting here looking at a list of the 32 starting quarterbacks from last season ranked and guys that I think Cam can be as good or maybe better than. I mean, Marcus Mariota, I think with a full training camp, he could have played as good as Marcus Mariota did or maybe uh, uh, Davis Mills or Zach Wilson or maybe something like that. So, I mean, maybe with the full training camp, he could play good enough to be a spot starter. But just off what we saw, the balls going in the ground, some of just the the inexplicable plays that were just far from what he once was. Like I said, if he's going to come in and be somebody starter, it would have to be a, a bridge situation unless he's just taking a total quantum leap back to uh, you know, what he once was. But other than that, like I said, I, I definitely think he's good enough to be a backup. But when you do stuff like this and you're always making a ton of noise on social media, coming out saying stuff like this after the way that you played, I just don't know that that's the way that's going to, that you're going to get him back on the roster because if he's coming in with that type of attitude, which sure, you're supposed to be a competitor. But you bring this guy in, it's just a lot of uh, distraction as far as what it would mean for your starting quarterback. And I just don't know, especially not here with a rookie. The best game he played, in my opinion, was the game against Washington, where he's 21 of 27. He had two touchdowns, 190 yards, and that was the last time that we saw him, I think, play his best game. He threw for the most amount of yards. He also had a rushing touchdown, did enough for Carolina to win that game, but they didn't. They lost 27 to 21. And what's crazy is, man, that was 2021. Like, it does feels feels not that long ago right. that he was back and now here we are talking about it again tc last thing i'll say he said again why can't he have a chance to compete in nfl training camp sure he can but no. other nfl teams just oh, not yeah. carolina and, not that and, and i got a preview for the fans adam thielen got to get some of this smoke boy you, you got to sign a politician i are, see are you gonna are you gonna say the word capping again Ooh. was after you were saying Cap that you were doing Daddy. that all right now that, that that is a great soundbite. We'll get to it a little bit later in the show. I think 1 o'clock is when we are supposed to talk about that. But we got to get to the Keep Sounding segment. Frank Reich, Scott Fitterer, they had a whole bunch of stuff to say during media availability yesterday. We have that sound for you right here on Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's a little scary. I turned on the mic. Wes was still talking about what we were talking about. We have the break. And so, but but sometimes I'll wait, and it's not as bad as it used to be where we'll still talk about whatever reckless topic we were discussing before the break. Yeah. And then I'll wait, and then you pause. I was like, all right, it's time to turn the mic off. <laughs> nope. Turn that off right now. We're mad at Fiddy. We won't go into it. but yeah, we, we won't. We're mad at Fiddy. He just dropped a bomb on us at the very end, right before we were going to come on and talk a little bit. And we're mad at you. Like, you need to, just with some off-the-court type stuff, Fiddy is 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 not doing well out here. I feel like we got to go to the higher ups and ask for an uncut explicit podcast that we record after the show. 
Because what we just spent the last three minutes talking about, I've never been more hardcore judged by Walker and mine. The look you gave me. Wes backs me up, by the way. Wes like halfway. There was one part where he was on my side and the other part he was on your side. The whole three minutes, though, you were like, you were. it was like judgment day. And you sent me to hell. You sent some wild stuff out there. <laughs> I mean, you, the thing is. Like this is, I, I'll try to sum it up just so we're not leaving people completely in the dark. We talked about a situation for Fiddy being possibly Jerry Springer-esque. That's the situation. <laughs> and that's how I'll sum it up. And we won't expand upon that. And I think that should give people a pretty good picture as to what we were discussing. Let's go to keep sounding in the worst of transitions. And we can also go to the Garage Door Guru text line. I'm doing a lot to you, Fiddy. I'm a little overwhelmed right now. 704-570-9610. We were asking what James Bond movie Wes should start out with because he's a big action film guy. He got mad at me for not loving action films, but he hadn't seen James Bond. And so we're asking which one he should start with. Um, somebody wrote in a BA in 704. Start with the one with Halle Berry. It's pretty good advice good. from from that text message. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> Goody man wrote in definitely start bonds from the beginning but then we got another text that said james bond movies hit or miss newer ones stunk like a bad plate of bangers and mash okay another wow. one said you don't really have to go in order they're all yeah, pretty good that's what i said i feel so, like they're all individual movies unto themselves you're getting a mixed bag here there's not a lot of people that they're, they're, you're getting a whole bunch of different opinions Seven, i'm just gonna do what i normally do research go look yeah, up reviews that's a good idea top rated ones were and start there 720 said sean connery goldfinger roger moore live and let die daniel craig casino royale in that order i like that okay it's a good list for that like different actors good. i would say skyfall for daniel craig a lot of people like casino royale i like skyfall better so was no time to die was that not good haven't seen it i haven't seen all of okay. them yeah, there's a lot. I mean, it is. I don't even know how many there are. There's a, a ridiculous amount. So you can start with some of those. Wasn't they saying a new one was going to be a woman? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, 919 number wrote in, did Wes watch Indiana Jones? Did you watch that? Yes, I did. When I was a kid, I did. Did you enjoy it? I did. I'm excited for the new one. Okay. I know he's hella old, so <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see what he's doing in this one. He is. He is indeed. Did you have something to say about Indiana Jones, Fiddy, or did you oh, no, I've never want to seen move him. on? Okay. Indiana Jones, it's good. It's old. That was the movie rentals. Like, my grandma and them would rent those, yeah. and we'd watch them. Oh, that's some real, like, Best Buy movie yeah. madness type stuff. Wasn't it a movie madness that we talked? That was one of our bonding moments on air when there was a back section to movie madness or was it something different that we, was family always, video it was family video family videos that had a back section that every what was hilarious and this is why shocked. i love our listeners because there were so many people in the know yeah that said yes family video this location that location this location they all got a back section well, we had that conversation two months ago, and you promised a show movie night at your house. No, you promised it for me. You <laughs> uh, tried to put that on me. Well, whenever you want to have us over, I'm free on Wednesdays at 730. Okay. Very I can good. see that being in family video, man, helping if things aren't going right, maybe saving the family, giving dad an outlet. They're out here you know starting families is what they're doing. All right, let's go to keep sounding. And the first soundbite we have is from Frank Reich. He talks about the new quarterback and how they'll play him, just the situation that will surround him once they draft him and put him on an NFL football field. Ideally, you want to play the guy when he's ready, you know, when the team is ready. When, you know, it's not just the player, it's the team. You know, we'll evaluate that. I have thoughts in my mind about how I would see that playing out, but I think we have to let it play out. 
I think a whole lot of nothing right there, to be honest with you. But I'll ask you the same question. Maybe you give us some substance here, understandably from Reich. Like, I, I get it. You don't want to paint yourself into a corner about what you're going to do whenever you draft Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, possibly Anthony Richardson, if that's still on the table. But how do you want to see this new QB integrated into the offense? Are you a throw him out there immediately, throw him into the fire and let him work? Or are you, there's a method to this. Maybe you do throw out Andy Dalton. Or if you do throw out the young QB, you're very careful with the offense. Just talk about some of your thoughts there. I like rookies to play immediately, especially if it's a bad football team. But in the Panthers' case, this is a team that could compete for their division. So, And the Andy Dalton signing signals to me they want to bridge. So I think they're going to bring him in. See how it goes during camp. You know Andy Dalton's going to get the playbook. You know Andy Dalton's going to understand what to do. He'll win the job initially just because of his NFL experience and said rookie unless they are just a true savant from day one. Now, Bryce Young, if I was to say a rookie to come in day one and be ready to go, it would be him. Yeah, Not a slight to any of the other guys, but Bryce Young just really strikes me as that guy is just boom, like he's going to get it. Um, But – uh, as far as the Panthers go, I see the bridge situation more than likely being the way they're going to go because with Andy Dalton, they're going to want to see if they can win the division, if they can compete, and then after four, five, six games, if it's not working out, then go with the rookie. And I feel like they may work them in, but as far as me personally, most teams that are drafting number one, uh, I'd like to see them play immediately. Well, and we'll discuss the weapons here with Carolina and whether we're overrating them a little bit later on in the show. But this is the thing that's interesting about drafting a quarterback number one overall with the offseason you just had. Because when you have a good offseason, then people are going to think, well, that might accumulate to more wins. And then if you have more wins, the question becomes, do you have the quarterback that can help you with more wins, possibly get that division under your belt? And then it's like, well, how do you handle this? Is Andy Dalton, because the experience, the right answer? Or is it the rookie QB, number one overall, right away? And so it does kind of somewhat become of an interesting dilemma. But I'm all on board with what you said. I think offensive line, how good your protection is, matters a lot when deciding whether you should throw your rookie QB out there or not. I think if you have a good one, then go ahead and play them. Because I go back to the Rams situation when they had Case Keenum and they had Jared Goff on the roster at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I remember Marty Herney was talking about this too. They went with Case Keenum for what, like half the season, maybe 10 games, something like that. And that offensive line was awful. It was the worst in the league. Remember, Todd Gurley had the bad year sandwiched in between awesome seasons, and that was one because the offensive line just couldn't create any holes for him to run through. Well, that also destroys your QB. And so you want to have a situation where you can truly evaluate how good your passer is. And if you have a good offensive lineman, and or a good offensive line, I should say, and you have good weapons, decent enough, to where you can truly evaluate them, then why are we waiting? Right. Like there's no reason to throw out Andy Dalton because it's not like Andy Dalton is somebody you feel really comfortable with winning the division right now. I mean, Derek Carr, we can all agree, is the best QB in the division as it stands currently. And while we like Andy Dalton as a backup QB, it's still a risk to put him as the starting quarterback and just say, "Okay, now we're destined to win the NFC South. That's not true. It's time. As soon as you draft number one overall, especially Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, day one. Andy Dalton's the backup. 
And that's why we all felt good about that signing. And nobody really tried to make him as the starter. Let's go to the next Frank Reich soundbite. He said he does not feel the pressure after moving up to first overall. He just has more freedom. We're just trying to get the right quarterback for us. We knew at nine it was a hard spot. You know, it was a hard spot to be at. So when you started looking at options to get up, is there more pressure with that? I I guess so, but I don't feel I don't feel it like that. I just feel more freedom. I feel more freedom where we can get we can actually get the guy that we want. We can take the time. We don't we're in the driver's seat. So I feel that more than I feel pressure. Yeah, it goes both ways on this. I think even if you were at number nine overall, there's pressure to get the quarterback right. It's not necessarily where you're selecting. There's certainly going to be more pressure picking number one, but I get what he's saying, having the freedom. At least you live and die by your own terms here. Where you're at number nine, you still have a ton of pressure because you're still going to select a quarterback, especially with the way that this offseason played out. And so there's still going to be a lot of pressure on you to get the QB position right. It doesn't matter where you're selecting, right? Like Miami, when they got Tua a couple of years ago, a lot of pressure, you had to land it. Same thing when the Chargers took Justin Herbert, number six overall, you had to land that. Carolina's going to have to do it whether they're selecting number nine, number one. So to me, I I agree with the freedom part of this, but it doesn't really matter where you're selecting in the first round. Yeah, I'm calling cap. Uh, there's definitely pressure uh, on this situation. That's your job security. Like If you're an NFL head coach, the quarterback that you choose, especially if you're choosing him number one where you put the research in, all the time the Pants have had, it's not like, and even still, if they did it on draft day, you still did your due diligence. But the fact that you have so much time to put into this selection, if this guy didn't work out, you're out the door as well. And so I believe that the pressure is definitely there when you make this pick, when you pick a franchise quarterback, uh, it is there. That is another reason that Andy Dalton was bought in. Uh, as well, because if the rookie is far from being ready, then you have somebody back there with the NFL experience to kind of steady the ship. But other than that, though, like I said, the rookie quarterback that you select is your job security. If he turns into a superstar, you will be in that place for a long time. If he turns into a bus, you will be going right out the door with him in about two years. Well, let's play the next Frank Reich soundbite, because I think this also is kind of tied into the pressure aspect. What's up uh, next with Frank? Every opportunity to work with a quarterback is great, whether you're getting him free agency or, or drafting him. But it is something special to draft a guy young and to have an opportunity to work with him from the ground up. So, yeah, excited about that process. So the reason I wanted to play that is because I wanted to discuss the split in pressure, if there is any, between Scott Fitterer and Frank Reich. Because you talked about the head coach selecting whatever quarterback you want and all the pressure surrounding him. Scott Fitter has already survived a firing. That was when Matt Rule was let go, and now it's Scott Fitterer's show. Now you have Frank Wright coming in. They're not going to fire him after an unsuccessful first year. They might if Fitterer does. I mean, I don't think they will, but they might. Certainly up there more towards the top. And this is what happens with every general, a general manager who picks their guy at quarterback in the first round. It's exactly why we saw Chicago have a new GM in place, because they selected Mitch Trubisky, and at the end of the day, it didn't work out. You know, so like when you're talking about Carolina with Scott Fitterer, is Scott Fitterer going to get this one right? And if not, then he is the one that risks being fired by David Tepper. Frank Reich, I think, is going to be okay. Now, he might be scared because of the whole you want to have the GM and the head coach pair up nicely if you make one change 
especially if you make the general manager change. But to me, I think Scott Fitterer might share more pressure than what Frank Reich does with number one. Yeah, I mean, Fitterer, he won't survive another bad showing by a coach. He won't survive uh, a lack of success here again. So this is a big... This is a big hiring for him with Wright, and this is a big pick for him as well uh, with this number one draft pick in this draft overall because there are still more holes to fill. Uh, there are still things that, that this team needs to do to get themselves to be a true contender. So I definitely think that, um, you know, there are lots of pluses, obviously, to working with a young guy. And, and there's a lot of pressure on this staff because of the reputation that they have right now to – uh, rear this young quarterback up and, and turn him into a star because a lot of people feel like you get rookie quarterbacks that get drafted into dysfunctional situations. This quarterback is coming into as stable of a situation as I can think of as any rookie in recent memory where you talk about great coaching staff, owner committed to winning, team making moves, coming in with a, a, a decent offensive line. There are a lot of pluses here for a rookie, so there's a lot of pressure to go around for everybody. You said that. So did Scott Fitterer with the intention of how they were going to build. Let's go all the way to that. Well, hell, I should bite. be the GM. Fit, yes, you should, 100%. <laughs> Although, you would you would make the team worse on purpose so they could lose every single game. And you would trade playing. everybody yep. to San Francisco. 100% you would I do that. I certainly would. Sign with Brian Burns. Uh, but Scott Fitterer, as what you were just talking about, <laughs> so did the GM of the Panthers right now. If you're going to go with a young quarterback, you have to have a running back. You have to have the tight end. You have to have the receivers. We feel like we have the offensive line. Brought back Bozeman. You know, kind of cemented that, that starting five. Bringing Justin McCray. Caden Mays is making his move. So we feel good about that. Everything we've done in the last couple of years is build the defense, build the offensive line. So we, when we get to that position, we can drop someone in. We're in that position right now. What we wanted to do in free agency is surround that person and then go into the draft, not having to force anything. So this is where some of this might rely on or lie on Frank Reich's shoulders mm -hmm. because you look at it on paper, it does look like a pretty good environment for whatever young QB you're going to select number one overall. Receivers have to be upped still, in my opinion, even after the signing of Adam Thielen, even after the signing of Miles Sanders and Hayden Hurst. I still want more help there as far as a pass catcher goes, even with Terrace Marshall still being a high draft pick too. But going back to Frank Reich's soundbite, Frank Reich talked about how he's excited to build this QB from the ground up. Well, I, I bring it back to when he was discussing Derek Carr and how much he liked Derek Carr. Remember we said, okay, Frank Reich, the head coach, of course is going to want to deal with someone that already knows what it is to be an NFL QB. He might be excited to work with this young QB from the ground up, but it's going to be harder. It's not going to be this season where he's ready to go and be a Super Bowl contending QB. If you do get that guy, that means he's real special. Hell, I mean, even Joe Burrow wasn't that ready year number one. Yeah. Now, year number two, it was happening, but not year number one. And so if you're Frank Reich, it would make sense to want somebody with that experience instead of just trying to mold this QB into whatever you want him to be. Like there's benefits to both. But I can understand why Reich was the guy that was reportedly pushing more for Derek Carr rather than Scott Fitterer, who wants to go get his guy. Yeah, because he's already been fired. He knows this is it. If it doesn't work out here in Carolina, there's no more head coaching jobs for you. And so you want somebody that's going to keep you in that seat. A rookie, you don't know what you're going to get. Uh, we know the draft is a crapshoot as much as anything. I feel like there's you know guys at the top of the draft who will – 
give you some job security. But of course, you know, if I'm a guy coming in and I'm an NFL head coach and I know that basically I'm going to get a year and a half before the fans turn on me and probably the owners start to look at me with the side eye and things of that nature, that's where we're at in the NFL these days. So, yeah, you need somebody or you're going to want somebody in there that gives you the best shot. And he knows that Derek Carr has been a Pro Bowl quarterback. He knows that, you know, he's been a guy that's played at a high level. So he's like, hey, this is a guy I can get in there and win with, buy myself another year or two at least um, with a guy like this. Whereas a rookie, again, like I said, if he comes in and he's not the guy, more than likely I'm going to be gone. Couch Coach Kyle wrote into the text line, I think we need to let Andy Dalton start at least the first three games, maybe four, just so the rookie can warm up, see how it's done, getting a little sideline knowledge. Like, I understand the sentiment there, but he can also do that by playing, even more so being in the fire. Right. Right? It's a different vantage point having the pressure bear down on you from within the pocket rather than looking at the tablet on the sideline. Just go ahead and throw them out there. The environment's okay. Like the offensive line, it's okay. You're not just going to be on your back constantly. It's not like a David Carr situation with Houston where the offensive line was so bad he never really had a shot. This is not that. Go ahead and throw them out there. Last one, Bud Lightyear said, thinking about wide receiver need, would you, as a free agent wide receiver, sign with Carolina without knowing who the Panthers intend to draft at QB. Good question. We talked about it. We can talk about it more at one o'clock with Adam Thielen, All who right. kind of well, we'll discuss that within the Adam Thielen conversation we're about to have. There you go. The politician, as Wes, is deeming him. <laughs> Let's go to the first Fitty Flash of the day. What you got for us, Fitty? I do want to start out by saying that college baseball is back at Truist Field tonight at six o'clock. Your Charlotte 49ers will host the South Carolina Gamecocks. As the 2023 Charlotte Knight College Baseball Series gets underway, there'll be more college baseball action uh, coming your way at Truist Park. Tickets are still available online at charlottenights.com. And I want to keep my flash baseball-related. Japan walked off against Mexico last night in the World Baseball Classic. I'm watching it tonight. Setting up the final tonight against the USA. Like I said, 9 o'clock on Fox. Wes already said he's watching Slim Old baseball guy trying to get you back into baseball. Will That's you right. be watching the star-studded World Baseball Classic final tonight? I w- I'll check it out. It being the final, I will check it out. I cannot tell you that I have been watching it this entire time. It's been fun, man. I saw the highlights from last night, and then they were talking about how star-studded Japan's lineup is and how they have all these prospects. And then I saw that picture that they said is maybe the best in the world. Uh, when he smoked the the the, uh, the Mexican player who said that he um, he said something like they were going to get beat or something. And he hit him with a 102 pitch, and they say he might be the best out there. And I say he'll be great until he comes over here and gets Tommy John uh, after he signs for 150 yeah, million. But I love seeing prospects when they're on their way up. So this looks like it's going to be a really fun game, and the games have been. I mean, they look. All right, so hockey and baseball yeah, enthusiast man. Wes Bryant here on Wes and Walker. Campus <laughs> Griffey. Coming up next, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. 
Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. Give us your thoughts. Hit us up on those socials, Weston Walker and WFNZ on Twitter and WFNZ Instagram. And Charlotte FC, Major League Soccer is now in season. And the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match. So stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. Coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line. Only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. And with that, let's go to the campus. Kona. All right, man, listen, I've, you know, covering basketball all season for the ACCDN, which you can go watch highlights and features. We're putting out season highlights of guys, NFL draft tapes for you guys to study up on, on the ACCDN on all platforms. I've been cutting highlights for women's basketball, men's basketball. So I'm into the women's tournament just a little bit. Came in last night, man. Turned it on to that Indiana-Miami game. The Kings got it done late on the road, knocking off another number one seed. Stanford lost just the other night. UConn was struggling at halftime before they came back and blew out Baylor. Can you believe they're talking about UConn could be going to their 15th straight Final Four? Is it? I think it's the most dominant program, professional or collegiate, of of my lifetime. (laughs) I don't think there's anything that really comes. I just can't think of anything else. It's open for interpretation. UNC's women's soccer. Oh well, uh, yes, I guess that's true. Fifteen straight final fours. Could you imagine a men's program that went to fifteen straight final fours? What we'd be saying about them? UCLA did what twelve? They won 10 in 12 yeah. years. Yeah, well, and that was in the eight. Way not, back more, in the Yeah, it was a long time. Bro. I'm not, not going to. Yeah, I, I knew it was but older the thing than is, that. They as probably, soon as I said 80s, and yeah. I knew I was going to sound like an 80s. The thing is, they probably won't win it, though, because South Carolina's women are just insane. They look like they're about to go on that type of run. So, we'll see. I was talking with Katie Barnes about this, who writes for the W, and I was talking to her about it last year. Asia Wilson got a statue. Yeah, in, I have her sneakers. Aaliyah Boston is going to deserve one, too, if we're yeah. going off of the Aja Wilson accolades. You got the Aaliyah Boston, commercial. It's insane. It's yeah. a dawn of a new era in women's college basketball. <laughs> yeah. And like then uh, Duke. Like but the Duke girls lost last night. I mean, of course, I'm talking ACC Duke girls lost. Haley Van Lith and Louisville went on the road and got the jobs done uh, over Texas. It got a little nasty, too, in the line after the game. Uh, the girl had something greasy to say to Haley Van Lith, to which she kind of quickly threw her hand away from her and said something imparting as well. So this women's tournament uh, starting to heat up as well. And the North Carolina girls lost by a bucket uh, to Ohio State uh, on the road as well. Yeah, so North Carolina trying to hang around but just could not get past Ohio State in the end. Yeah, man. So these are, the women's tournament is definitely on and popping. We've got pro days going on this week. Uh, some big ones that will definitely be concerning the Panthers with um, Will Levis. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud all going this week. So that's going to be a great banter for us and for you fans out there. We're going to have uh, all those writers on from the respective uh, cities that we had on before. Yeah, C.J. Stroud, that's going to happen tomorrow. Bryce Young will have his pro day on March 23rd. So a couple days from now, Will Levis the 24th. So 
three straight days, we're going to have yeah. some QB prospects having their pro day, and then Anthony Richardson will have his pro day on March 30th. Who do you suspect, though? We know Anthony Richardson, which theirs is the 30th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we know that his pro day is going to be spectacular. But out of Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, who do, who do you think will have the best pro day of the two? Well, if we were all fawning over the way that C.J. Stroud participated in the throwing competition to the passing drills at mm. the NFL Combine. C.J. Stroud might win that out, but they're both going to have gr uh, great days. Th these pro days, as long as you don't pull a Jalen Carter and show up 10 pounds overweight when you're supposed to be fit, as long as you show up doing what you were supposed to be doing during this Combine pro day time, pro days are designed for you to succeed. Yes. They're all designed for you. You are doing it at a stadium you're comfortable playing in. Mm -hmm. You have all the receivers that you feel comfortable throwing to. It is a comfortable environment. So it's hard for me to say one or the other. I guess I might, I, I would go CJ Stroud just because he's a more natural thrower of the football as the oh. NFL pundits tell me. Okay. That's what, just what Daniel Jeremiah okay. is telling me. Right. I'm, I'm saying this with quotation gotcha. marks. Gotcha. It really, Wes, I, I mean, I don't believe anything I'm saying there. Like, it's it's either one of these <laughs> yeah. two. I, I think they're both going to be great. I think it's going to be Bryce Young because I think that Bryce Young lives for moments like this. Like I said, the, the height thing, the size thing, this all plays into days like this. He's going to sit there by himself before this pro day and think about everything everybody's ever had to say about him on his way up to this moment today. He's going to think about everything that everyone said about how great C.J. Stroud threw the ball at the combine. He's going to combine all that, and he knows that this is his chance to make a huge statement towards being the number one quarterback. This is a guy that in the biggest of games at Alabama, you saw him with a smile on his face in the most adverse of moments, making big plays. So I think this is going to be an environment to which he's going to just wreck shop. I'm expecting glowing uh, reviews from him. and I, But I do think all three of the quarterbacks are going to perform well, all four of them, I should say. I think Will Levis is probably going to have an amazing pro day because it seems like guys who have big arms, pro days are just made for them. Think about some of the guys in history that have had the most glowing workouts. When you talk about Jamarcus Russell, they talk about it like it is the stuff of legend. Uh, Kyle Bowler, remember his workout when he got on his knees and threw the ball. What was it, 60, 70 that was Jamarcus, yards? Right, Jamarcus did that. Yes, that was. What no, I was no, about Kyle to... Bowler did that when he got on his knees and threw the ball. Oh, that. See, I thought that was for Jamarcus Russell, but maybe we can. They go... said Jamarcus was just outrageous because he just had that ginormous arm. I mean, and that, yeah. that's the thing that's going to wow uh, people the most. But I think that, uh, like I said, all these guys are going to do well. Well, let's send it to the text line too. Like, who are the ultimate workout warriors of all time? Like. Who are the guys that performed at a crazy rate that you can think of? And, and that is what shot them up draft boards or whether it was like some Bo Jackson mythology of some of these athletes coming into the league, because I think that's a fun topic. We've uh, had to try to figure out who the next Superman is going to be. Yeah, no doubt about it. So when we come back, though, on the Wesson Walker show, we're going to talk about the politician that you guys just signed at wide receiver and all of the nonsense that he spewed on the Pac McAfee show. Who am I talking about, folks? Well, you only signed really one wide receiver so far, so you can guess for yourself. Uh, but this is the Wesson Walker show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.